What's up, my beautiful Crips and Walkers? Welcome to the show. Today we are going to talk about the censorship of conservatives, the inevitable censorship of Christians, and what the heck happened to us as a church. Coming right up on Handy Schlapped. Good day, everyone. It is Tuesday, January 12th. 2021 and wow what a week it's been so far and again it's only tuesday um what else could go wrong well let's not hold our breath i'm really enjoying this game of jumanji so far and we got people telling each other to shut up no one is listening to each other rather we just cancel each other then again what else is new Now, I started this show with talking about disability topics and discussions and concerns, and I'm still going to talk about those things, definitely. I'm still going to have guests who are disabled, who have a voice to share things. And I was still thinking about all of this, and keep in mind, at the end of the day, I'm still a pastor, and I was thinking, you know, I'm going to share more of my thoughts and feelings about what's going on in the world, about current events from not only a disabled perspective, but a Christian and pastoral perspective as well. With all of that said, my friends, there is so much craziness going on right now and it's only a couple of weeks into the new year a lot of us foolishly told ourselves that 2020 is over it's gone yes on paper it's gone but we still have a lot of leftovers from that year to deal with and now with the new year starting we have to fear censorship and as you all know last week we had the breaching of the U.S. Capitol, supposedly by Trump extremists. Some say it's Antifa. Some say it's another group. We don't know for sure. These are just the rumors that are going around. And I'm watching all this go down. My heart is aching. And all I was seeing was one side blaming the other all over social media, all over my timeline, all over my friends list, which again is not really anything new. Any kind of big event in the socio-political climate, that's when the true colors of those we see online come out. You see the anxieties, you see the fears and the anger just spewing out and putting them on other people. That's just how we kind of are. And now we have censorship happening left and right, no pun intended, with all of these conservative voices. The most popular one going on right now is the censorship of a website called Parler, which is a blogging and social networking website which has a significant user base of Trump supporters, conservatives, conspiracy theorists, etc., and now they are no longer available online and the major app stores. 
such as iOS, App Store, and Android. I ask why? Why is one side allowed to be censored and not the other without any question? Why is it convenient only for a certain side to censor the other? And you know what? The Christians are next. Don't get me wrong. Christianity has always been filtered or censored in one way or another. That's just a form of persecution. But honest to God, I am fearful for my fellow brothers and sisters in the faith who are major voices that are going to be censored, specifically the pastors, the ones who are very outspoken on true scripture and true biblical teaching. My word, I fear for them. And have we really reached that point where it's like nothing to censor each other? Do we really not want to listen to each other, to talk with one each other, sorry, with each other, to build a constructive discussion? How far are we willing to go with this? Are we even to the point of further censoring God than we already have? I mean, we already are removing God from certain institutes in the country. We're removing his name from certain documents. We are even changing the way God is and who God is himself. We are to the point, my friends, that we are no longer made in the image of God, but we have turned God into our own image, into who we believe God is. God is no longer a majesty. He is no longer the King of Kings and Lord of Lords in the eyes that are watching right now. Even to the point of the American church falling for this trap. These are things like, don't judge, let it be. Don't ever judge this way, for you should watch your own pace. I mean, yes, that is true. That's what is taught in scripture to a point, but was also taught in scripture. As Christians, we are to correct and edify other believers, other brothers and sisters in the faith. For example, right after the breaching of the U.S. Capitol building, everyone's online saying their opinion, because, of course, even to the point of other people who are fellow believers that I've met throughout my life and have reconnected with on social media, these people are spewing out false teachings every chance they get, especially when a major event like this happens. And I'm thinking, why are you doing this? God forbid you say something against them to correct them because then you're called a judgmental jerk. We are at that point in the American church where you can't say a thing that is remotely corrective or that will edify this person. You cannot do a single form of confrontation anymore because it's considered 
judging and you are immediately dismissed without consideration. But I look at these people and I can't help it. I'm sorry, if you're saying something that is contradictory to scripture, to God's word, and you are a self-proclaimed Christian, I'm going to confront you. I don't know what it is. Call it the Holy Spirit, call it whatever. But there's something about that that just really irks me. And I could be having a really bad day. I could be going through a long-winded time of spiritual drought where maybe I don't feel so in tune with God or I'm just, you know, you go through stuff. But as soon as someone even peeps out false teaching or what I like to call a bastardized gospel, I will say something. I have no fear in speaking out and bringing correction to God's word when it is being used in the wrong manner in the wrong place. I will say something, but I ask you, what happened to that fire overall in the American church especially? We fear being looked down upon by other people because we are so caught up in the fear of rejection. I'm going to be saying the word fear a lot here, but I'm going somewhere with this. We fear rejection from fellow Christians, but we really fear rejection from those outside the faith because we don't want to offend them. We don't want to lose their friendship, if you can call it a friendship. I mean, is it a real friend if you say your true beliefs, non-harmful beliefs, and they completely dismiss you? I don't think so. But really, what happened to us as Christians? What happened to us as a church? A church body who is proclaimed to be the disciples of Jesus Christ. And we don't have a single backbone in our body. Everything is so sanitized, so sugar-coated, that it's not even the biblical church anymore. Are we not told to proclaim the gospel? Are we not told to stand firm in God's word and confront those with gentle spirits who are not proclaiming Jesus' name or say they are doing so, but they are proclaiming Jesus' name in vain? I'm going to read right now from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse, verses 13 through 17. Peter says, Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. 
but do so with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander, for it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Hallelujah, amen to that. But I look at this, and I'm seeing less and less of this in the American church. I'm seeing the downfall of the true gospel. Ladies and gentlemen, the gospel isn't sugary and a gourmet buffet of sweets and snickerdoodles. The gospel is heavy. The gospel is often painful. The, the gospel is carrying your cross. Whatever that looks like to you. The gospel is carrying your cross. Just as Jesus did on the road to Calvary. How did we get like this? To the point where we can't even defend the very God we serve. The true God that we serve. Or the, God, the God that has created us in his image. Not the God that we want it him to be. The God who we have created in our own image. Now, I don't know everything. There's a lot of things I still need to learn. But when I observe all this, there is one thing for sure I do know. And it's that we as a church and as Christians have lost the fear of the Lord. No longer do we look at God in awesome wonder and in complete awestruck states. We look at God as a convenience. God as an accessory. God as my bro. Or sometimes we look at Jesus as my broham, my best friend. Which is fine in one way, but when you really take that all the way, you are taking away the title. You are taking away the authority of Jesus. Remember, Jesus is our creator. Jesus is our heavenly father. Not just some guy that we play baseball with or we go to the, the bar with on occasion. Yes, Jesus did hang out with the sinners at the bar, but that's another thing. Yes, Jesus hung out with the sinners at the bar or wherever, but he did not leave them there. He did not stay and become coupled up with their ways of living. No, Jesus came to them wherever they were. Maybe it was at a bar. Maybe it was out on the street. Maybe it was these disciples or bros doing bro things. He went to the prostitutes. He went to them so that they could come back with him to change their ways, to let go of the wayward way of living that they had, to let go of 
the temporary cures in their lives to surrender to eternal love, to receive the eternal grace of Christ. But to do that required humility and submission to Christ, to receive the ultimate sacrifice that Christ did for us. What do we do with that now? We piss it all away because we are afraid of man and no longer fear God. I ask you again, where are you at in your own walk with Christ? Are you on the same perspective of not wanting to offend anyone because you fear rejection from man? When we do that, we no longer have any fear of the Lord. And to go even further, we lessen the severity of temptation and sin and damnation itself. No longer do we fear God, but we no longer fear the consequences of not fearing God. We don't fear sin. We don't like to talk about sin. Sin makes us uncomfortable. We'll acknowledge what sin may be, but no one wants to admit that they're a sinner anymore. You can't have it both ways. Ironically, uh, Martin Luther described this as being both saint and sinner. We are saints only in the eyes of Jesus Christ through his righteousness, by his grace, not our own righteousness, are we made saints. On the other hand, we have sinners. Now keep in mind, there are sinners, which is everybody. Even if you're saved by grace, you're still a sinner. And then you have unrepentant sinners, who are those that are either living deliberately or ignorantly outside the salvation of Jesus Christ. And keep in mind, there is a difference. No matter how many times we try to change the language of the scriptures, the language of sin, what does it mean to be under God's grace, who God is, we live in such a postmodern world that we try to change anything to our own benefit or to what is most convenient for us, even God's word. And ladies and gentlemen, there is always hope. I ask you to look at yourself. I ask all of us to look at ourselves and think, am I really living for the God of the Bible? Or am I living for the God that I have made up in my own image, the way I want God to be. I ask you to look at that today. Get into the word today and pray to God, but thank him most importantly. Thank God for who he actually is, not who the world wants him to be. Thanking God 
for his son Jesus Christ. And the other day I was thinking about all this and how to approach it, thinking about the status of our nation, thinking about all of the censorship, fearing for the inevitable censorship of Christians and pastors and so on. And all I could do was pray, write that prayer down, and share it for others to pray as well. And I want to close out today by reciting that prayer right now. If you want to pray with me, go ahead. Gracious Heavenly Father, forgive our nation that has fallen so far away from you and your word, both outside and within the church. We pray that this time of conflict and chaos reveals the ongoing corruption concealed by fear. We pray for protection over the church and all pastors amidst the widespread evil censorship, Lord God. Help us guard and raise up children in your Holy Spirit. We repent of our rejection of you and your holiness. We desperately need you now more than ever, Lord, as your plans come to pass. We pray for great revival in the hearts of all who cry and shout upon your great name, for they shall be saved, as it is said in Scripture. We repent and surrender all to you, God of hosts, King of kings, and Lord of lords. No matter what happens in the coming days or weeks or months, Lord God, let your will be done. We are ready. Amen. I want to thank you so much for praying that prayer with me. And you know what? I look at all of the pain that is coming out of people right now, whether it's verbally or especially on social media, there is so much hurt going on with people. Hurt that we don't even know about. Only it's made more obvious more and more every day. And yeah, we can do what we can for everyone, but I ask you to pray for each other. Don't attack each other unless maybe it's for defending the gospel or defending God's word. But as it says in scripture, do so in a gentle spirit. Even if that means calling out someone on their false teachings. It's very difficult to do. It's very uncomfortable. But I encourage all of you to do so and to pray before you do so. Anyway, I'm looking at all this and there is so much pain. There is so much hurt. There is so much leftover healing that needs to be done. People need to be healed. Emotional healing, mental healing, even physical healing. And right now, if you're listening to this, I pray that over you. 
in Jesus' name to receive it, to feel the Holy Spirit entering your life, to find the hope and the joy that you've been longing for so long in your life, to not let the anxieties and fear going around in the world right now to get you, to turn you away from the faith, to turn you away from family, to turn you away from any form of hope whatsoever. Stay strong and stay faithful. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son to die for us and to save us. For he is the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you so much. If you'd like to send in questions to Handy Schlepp and create further discussion, please message me on Facebook under Jordan Schrader. That's S-C-H-R-O-E, T as in Tiger, E-R. Or you can email me at jordanrobert71 at gmail.com. Again, thank you. God bless. And see y'all in the next one. Take care.